You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For everything. For everything indie. For everything cults. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into an emergency edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you. The news has finally come down. It's been speculated, talked about for weeks. The Colts fire Frank Reich. And George, you would think that would be the lead. That would be all we're talking about as the Colts mate are now the second team in the NFL this season to fire head coach in the season. But somehow, they went up themselves by making that and kind of burying the lead of Frank Reich getting fired. And it said now the big talking point, the big surprise is who is replacing Frank Reich for the next eight games. And that is none other than former Colts legend, ESPN NFL analyst currently, and former high school head coach in Georgia, Jeff Saturday. What is your initial reaction? What is the shock level of, forget Frank Reich getting fired, because again, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but the replacement, I think, is someone we had no idea that this was going to be kind of coming down the pike with so many different coaches on staff the Colts could have hired either with head coaching experience or that have been kind of rising candidates throughout the ranks the last few years. Yeah, it's a it's a shock level is very high. I mean, let's let's just be honest right now. Uh, you know, I, I didn't see this coming at all. I saw the Frank Reich move as as a possibility. Uh, it's a little bit surprising because Jim Irsay hasn't done this in 27 years as owner. But you know, that game on on Sunday was the worst offensive performance in terms of total yards since 1997. So that's not completely out of out of left field. But this Jeff Saturday move is is really stunning. Um, I do think, it, it, if nothing else, it points to the fact that this is something they've been thinking about for a while, right? Because you didn't just have Jeff Saturday on speed dial uh, in 20 minutes and you were able to just call him up and, and, and name him the new interim coach. Uh, this is obviously something that they had thought about. You know, if we need to make this move, uh, this is the direction we're going to go in. They've got a press conference scheduled for 6 o'clock to, on Monday, uh, you know, to introduce Saturday. And I'm assuming that they're going to hit the offensive line hard there. I mean, we all know, and we've been talking about it through all the changes these last couple of weeks, the offensive line is the one area that, that really needs to, to get it together for this team to head in the right direction. I think Quentin Nelson had some really strong comments uh, in the locker room after the game on Sunday, uh, basically saying that, that this needs to be turned around right now, that it's you know you're nine games into the season and, and you can't keep talking about how it needs to happen, actions speak louder than words type of things there. Um, you know, that that's my only my only initial like analysis could be that's that's sort of the thinking here. I mean, 
the Colts are tanking, right? Like at this point, is this Jim Mercy basically saying without saying it, the Colts are going in with the goal of losing the next eight games? Because I don't really understand how you can truly sell me on Jeff Saturday being the answer for this season in terms of winning. Now, again, I've been on the record. I wanted the Colts since really they bench Matt Ryan, just tank and lose as many games as possible with Sam Ellinger. So far, they're two for two in terms of losing and getting a better draft pick. And so this point, I think the full tank has to be on. But it, again, players, coaches, like they don't tank, right? And I don't, I'm not sure. We haven't really got a good gauge of whether Jim Mercer is here to go 0-8. If this move is truly made to, let's say, still Springer Spark and still made with the idea of winning, how can you sell me on the fact that Jim, uh, that Jeff Saturday is going to be the answer? When again, you have John Fox, Gus Bradley, both of not you know great head coaches, but John Fox has been to a Super Bowl. And you have two guys in Scotty Montgomery, Bubba Ventron, that again are kind of rising. How can you really say none of those four guys in your mind are qualified to lead the team for eight games, but it said we're going to pluck a guy who, again, who has zero head coaching experience, either college or the NFL, and is basically coming out of the studio with no real idea about this roster whatsoever, and now is going to lead them all of a sudden for eight games? This, this can't be about winning. It has to be about doing the best thing they possibly can to make sure that draft pick is as high as it possibly can be, which means losing eight games in a row. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point right now, Ryan. You know, I, I look at, it goes back to what we've been talking about really the last three weeks here, which is this directionless kind of aimless franchise. You know, I mean, everything has, every move that they've made, we've talked about, well, you know, you you put Sam Ellinger in, but you say at the same time that you're going to, try to win and, and and chase this division title and nothing's changing. And then you go and you fire your offensive coordinator, which is not giving your, your new quarterback the best chance. And you trade Naheem Hines. Now you fire your head coach, which some people could read as, okay, that's, you know, another move towards fixing things. It was a bad game on Sunday, but his replacement is, is a guy whose only experience is, is high school football in Georgia. Uh, obviously he's got a lot of NFL experience, but he's got not, not got experience running a team. And I think one of the big questions right away that comes from this is, you know, how's the locker room going to respond? Because had it been Gus Bradley, had it been John Fox, had it been Scotty Montgomery, had it been Bubba Ventrone, it would have been somebody they've been in the room with, they went through training camp with, they've been through the fire with. I'm sure there's going to be a certain level of, of respect for Jeff Saturday right off the bat. His name's on the the balconies in, in the stadium. He's part of the Ring of Honor. Um, you know, his place in this franchise is, is secured. Uh, but it, there's got to be more questions like we were talking about earlier. There's got to be more questions in this locker room now about what exactly is it that we're trying to accomplish. The good news this time around is we're going to hear from German or say we're going to hear from Chris Ballard at that 6 p.m. press conference. So you mentioned, George, so we're recording this minutes after Frank Reich is fired and Jeff Saturday has been announced. So, again, we will be back on the midweek pod tomorrow, Wednesday morning to react and get, you know, react to the answers and the explanations that you mentioned. Jim Mercer and Jeff Saturday are going to talk about. So this is just right now without any sort of explanation from the owner or, you know, hearing Jim uh, Jeff Saturday speak. I wonder, and again, this is the eternal optimist speaking here, George, and you've been kind of, as you joke, the doom and gloom on the pod. So I'm curious your thoughts. I'm going to throw this idea by you, and I want to kind of get your, your take on it. So my now that it's kind of like at least had a few minutes of process, I wonder if this is Jim Mercer doing two things at once and trying to get the best of both worlds. I wonder if this is one, again, trying to tank and just trying to lose as many games as possible. Maybe he's afraid of a guy like Scotty Montgomery or Bubba Ventrone, let's say, bringing a spark to this team. Or he's afraid John Fox and Gus Bradley, again, especially Gus Bradley, he's had, you know, he's had a, a failed uh, coaching experience with the Jaguars, but doing a great job so far this Colts defense. 
I wonder if he's afraid that they'll their new voice maybe will turn this team around a little bit. The schedule's not exactly daunting, so there's plenty of winnable games going forward here, even for how bad the Colts have been. But I wonder if this is Jim Mercer and hiring Jeff Saturday kind of with no head coaching experience, probably bank on the fact that he the Colts are going to definitely lose one or two games just from him not really being in the head coaching spot to begin with. But also at the same time you mentioned it, getting the offensive line straight. Chris Strasser is obviously not getting the job done. We've been talking about that now basically the entire season so far. That's that point's been hammered home. You know, to the cows come home. But now you bring Jeff Saturday in, who again is an all-time great center, one of the best Colts to ever suit up in the uniform. Maybe this is the Colts losing games as many as they can right now to improve their draft stock while also trying to improve the offensive line and at least have some sort of momentum and an opportunity to see, you know, can we turn this unit around with the five guys we have going into next year and kind of, you know, two things at once try to fix the offensive line while also losing as many games as possible. Is that any sort of, again, before we hear from Jim Mersey, is that any sort of explanation or thought process of to why Jeff Saturday was hired, again, instead of any of really the four candidates the Colts have internally right now? I mean, I think it's something that it will sit well with a lot of fans because they know Jeff Saturday and they really they want to root for him. They want him to do things. You know, they want him to go out and, and have a lot of success. So, you know, if that is the plan, I think it's a good way to do it because you can you can throw out a guy here who's going to be beloved by – by this fan base and, and you're maybe going to get some interest in that game on Sunday against the Raiders right away, uh, you know, and see what he's going to do. Um, I don't know. I think, I think a lot more is going to come clear at that press conference. One thing I wonder now is, you know, we were talking about on the pod last night, Frank Reich said he wasn't sure what was going to happen to quarterback. Is there a quarterback change? You know, that would signal some things too. If, if you go back to Matt Ryan now and you pin this all on Frank Reich, as we all have really thought it's been a Jim Irsay move, but if you pin this all on, on Frank Reich now and, and you go back to, to Matt Ryan, that would be more of a sign that you're trying to to win games and you know get things taken care of now. If you stick with Sam Ellinger after the way things went on Sunday, that's probably more of a sign that, that they're not trying to do that. My doom and gloom angle on it has been this way all along. I think it's too late to take. I mean, Houston's only got one win, and I don't think they they they've almost got a death lock on that that number one pick right now. We'll see. They've been a lot more competitive, I think, than, than people expected them to be. But they've been right. doing it the right way. If you're going to go and get that number one pick, they've had an entertaining season from the standpoint that they're right there in a lot of these games. But their only win was against Jacksonville. And, and the thing about this tie is for the Colts to get the number one overall pick right now, everybody else in the NFL is going to have to have at least four wins. I mean, that's just the way it is, because the tie, anybody who's you know, three and 13 or three and 14 is going to be behind the Colts at three, 13 and one. So I just don't see the Texans winning three more games. I'm not sure the lions win two more games for that matter. We'll see. Um, it, it's, it's, it, you know, we talked about it way back when, when Sam Ellinger became the quarterback, the, the, the tanking is a fine plan. If it happened at halftime, when you were losing to the Texans <laughs> now, I think it's too late. I mean, it depends on what you think of this quarterback class, but you're not getting the number one overall pick. You could probably get into the top three if you lose out. Again, it depends on what you think of the quarterback class. But I, to me, again, the biggest thing is it points at this directionless, aimless kind of period this franchise has found itself in. And I hope, George, because you're right, that's been one of the biggest criticisms overall as an organization for the Colts this season. That's been, you know, disappointing that they like, right, they don't physically, they don't know what they want. They want to be competitive, but also then uh, maybe, you know, we're going to try some of the young guys and kind of start building for the future. And they're making interim moves to kind of get a spark, but also then they're trading away some of their better players to kind of, you know, again, get draft picks, start thinking about the future. I hope, like you said, this is kind of the final nail in the coffin in terms of 
this is what the Colts are trying to do, and that is to improve their draft stock. Because I wonder now, as you kind of look ahead, George, when it comes to head coaching possibilities and candidates for next year moving forward, I think a large part of the Colts' attractiveness to some head coaches that are out there, some popular head coaches, it's going to be the draft pick. It's going to be how high can this team be and what kind of range will you be in to possibly get, again, name whatever quarterback you want. But I think the the higher the Colts are picking, I think the more attractive the job becomes because, again, you already have right now you and the Panthers. Panthers have been god-awful so far this season. That's another team you have to compete with in terms of getting you know a top pick. We'll see, you know, maybe it's like the Chargers opens up. That's going to be an extremely attractive job. Like, I don't think there'll be a ton of jobs opened up because you have so much, you know, turnover the last few years. But that is, you know, when you start parsing out, you know, quarterback, as we know, is one of the most, if not the most important factor when it comes to kind of a head coach, if they had the pick of the litter, kind of picking a team. I do think in one sense, it will behoove the Colts big time to get as high as a draft pick as possible. I think that makes them more attractive for a potential head coach going forward. Yeah, I think right now that's the the main thing. I mean, you could probably get a defensive-minded head coach to come in here because this defense is is really right there on the cusp of, of being really good. Uh, I could see some defensive guys being really interested in coming in and, and ramping up that part and trying to bring somebody in to, to fix the offense. But even in that case, they understand you need the quarterback, you know, and, and the Colts have been – that Frank Reich's no longer the head coach here because of the quarterback situation. I think there's any doubt about that. You know, I mean, seventh – Sam's the seventh head coach in his five or seventh starting quarterback, QB, sixth right. full-time starter, uh, you know, in his five seasons here. So um, that's what did him in. I think most coaches are going to look at that and say, it's what's going to do me in. I, I think before this season, there would have been a little bit of a cushion there. I think people would have felt like, well, it's a pretty consistent team. They, they give guys a pretty decent leash. But after you bench Matt Ryan seven games in, you fire your offense coordinator the next week, you fire your head coach the week after that, I don't think that's going to be a, a selling point for a coach coming in here. So I think it all comes down to that draft position. You know, can can you be um, at least in that top three and have a shot at, you know, one of the the big name quote unquote quarterbacks that are, that are, that are in this class? Um, otherwise, it's I think you're going to look at you know, probably second tier type of, of guys. Now the bottom line is, like you said, there's probably only going to be a few jobs open. Pittsburgh might be one of those as well. Uh, I think that's the other one that, that maybe they never, you know, make a move very often there, but that year's not gone very well, obviously. Uh, and, and they're kind of in the same boat. The Colts are where it's a quarterback thing. They have a young guy, but uh, right now, Kenny Pickett doesn't look like the answer. Um, you know, and I think they would have that, that consistency selling point. I mean, Mike Tomlin's been there a couple decades now as well, and that's what they right. do over there. Uh, so I think you would feel like, you know, and, and I, I've been, you know, I can say it now because I've been saying it off the record for a while, but now the move's made, I think Frank Reich's going to be a candidate in Carolina. I think they're going to take some swings at some big names, but you've got a guy who, you know, that's where he was living when he was hired here, was out in Charlotte, and, and he was the, the Panthers' first head coach uh, in, in the history of, of that franchise. So, uh or not coach quarterback. I keep confusing my quarterback. Was, <laughs> was the first quarterback uh, when that franchise came in as a, as a expansion. expansion. So, you know, there's some history with the franchise there. And I think as they're trying to find a quarterback, they're probably going to look at what he was able to do here through, you know, all the quarterback changes and, and still have two playoff appearances and still have three winning records and probably think they could do a lot worse than, than Frank Reich. That's right. And like, let's get to Frank Reich here. Cause again, he is somehow the, the lead's been buried because of the Jeff Saturday, just out of left field hire for the Colts to be the interim head coach. But you're like, I know a lot of fans wanted him out. 
and it was, you know, a very popular sentiment really since, you know, even sometimes going into the season because of the collapse last year, and especially after the week one tied against the Texans, that's really every week pounding the drone to fire Frank Reich. I think the reality is he's a good coach that got the short end of the stick. Like the Colts, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Frank Reich talked about benching Matt Ryan, remember he said, like, we failed him. Uh, we brought him in here. We kind of promised him a bill of goods that we couldn't deliver. I kind of feel the same way for the Colts in terms of Frank Reich. Not that they promised him a lot, because, again, obviously he wasn't their first choice, Josh McDaniels was, and he was kind of the last second, you know, uh, replacement. But it's one of those things where you have Andrew Luck, and you say, okay, this is going to be, a, you know, your franchise guy for the next 10 years. Obviously he retires a year later, in part because of all the failures before Frank Reich and even Chris Ballard got there. Then you have, you mentioned, five different starting quarterbacks, five years in a row. Seven different quarterbacks have started a game in five years. That is not a recipe for success whatsoever. I don't really care who the head coach is. You are not having success when there's that much turnover and that little consistency and continuity at the most important position in sports. And still, when you look at his record, I feel like Frank Reich, especially because this year, you have all recency bias, and this year obviously was a major failure. But you look at the four and a half years Frank Reich was in Indy. 40-33-1 record, 1-2 and two in the playoffs. That's pretty damn good for, again, a guy who's had no consistency at the quarterback position. I would say more times than not, got the most out of the, the guys he had. He definitely got the most out of Andrew Luck. I would say all things considered, got the most out of Jacoby Brissett, especially seeing him playing in, in Cleveland or Miami. He's not like anywhere near as good at those spots since he left Indy compared to when he was a starter in 2019. Definitely got the most out of Phillip Rivers. So you could say, oh, Carson Wentz was a, a failure, and you could say Matt Ryan, absolutely a failure. Absolutely. Three and two in terms of getting the most potential out of the quarterbacks you have, it's a pretty good record. And like I said, Frank Reich is going to kind of, you know, not get a good rapper again. He's leaving on a bad foot uh, or a bad note. But overall, I think he did a pretty damn good job. And I would say more the Colts failed him than he failed the Colts. I agree 100%. I mean, to be seven games over 500 and, and have a different quarterback every year, I don't think there's a long list of coaches that could pull that off. You know, and I think a lot of had to do with with some of the things that the that the fans really don't like about him, and that is that consistent nature of his. He's not a yeller. He's not a screamer. He was right. never going to go out there and and rip a guy after a press conference. But I think that's why they were able to to kind of handle the, the the choppy waters that that they went through while he was here so often, so many times, bouncing back from bad starts during the season. You know, getting hot. Uh, almost every year he was here at some point in the year, they were talking about there's one team you don't want to play in the playoffs. It's going to be the Colts. Now the problem is they didn't get there often enough. And when they did, they didn't win enough games once they were in there. But again, I think he's a very good coach. I think he's a very good head coach. Uh, I think he's a, a great person off the field as well. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Right. Uh, you're talking about one of, you know, you're talking about a former pastor. You're talking about a guy who, who was really the leader of this character driven approach that they had i mean when you're trying to bring in guys who are going to be leaders and are going to be high character guys and you've got frank reich as your head coach they've got a role model that they've got to live up to uh not that jeff saturday isn't very much the same way because i think there's a lot there's a lot of similarities between those two guys to be quite honest uh but other than you know the complete lack of coaching experience but we'll get into that a little bit later <laughs> a small you know small little yeah. uh footnote there small little footnote there um <laughs> Personally, there's a lot 
I think a lot of similarities between those two guys. I think he's going to be a similar leader to, to the, to what Frank Reich was. Uh, but you know, I just, I, I think that it was terrible timing and I really, we, we always go back to what if Andrew Luck didn't retire. And I think Frank Reich is, is at the top of that list of sort of like, you know, what might've been you, if you can think back to 2018, which seems like two decades ago at this point, and, and they win, you know, 10 straight or nine out of 10 and, and they beat the Texans. Like, you know, everybody always says they never won a division title here, which is true, but they beat the division champs in a playoff game in a year. So I think you can almost, you know, kind of push that one. Uh, but you, you beat Houston and you go to Kansas City and you've, you've clearly run out of gas at that point. They had to do so much to get back into that season that there just wasn't enough gas left in the tank. And that's, as we've seen, a really good football team and a really good franchise over there. Uh, no harm, no shame in losing to them in the divisional round on the road. I think the feeling, though, after that game was, wow, you know, it's going to be Luck Mahomes for the next decade. Uh, that's going to be the big rivalry, the way Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes has become. And that this team had a chance, a real shot, to be a Super Bowl contender in 2019. And then from the moment, you know, Andrew Luck retired two weeks before the start of that season, it's been chaos here. You know, and I think the fact that it hasn't looked like it more often from the outside, that they've been able to win as many games as they have, that they've been able to be in playoff contention as often as they have, a lot of that credit should go to Frank Reich. I think he was able to keep them together at a time when it was really difficult for a head coach to do that. Uh, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. At the same time, uh, when you look at the way last season ended with the losses to the Raiders and especially that devastating loss to Jacksonville, and then the way this season began, you know, the tie in Houston and then that awful, awful loss again in Jacksonville it's not like you can't make the case for why this happened. And in the NFL, that's, you know, we talked about it before. Fairness does not exist in this right. league. Um, and no one's going to look back and say, oh, well, he should have got a better shot. So we're not going to make this move. I understand all the reasons that happened Sunday. Uh, you know, we were talking about it off the air yesterday that, that we, we were kind of on alert uh, because mm -hmm. of the way that game went. He said it himself that he was brought here to, to, you know, make this offense an effective offense. They were 30th. I haven't checked what it is today. I'm sure it's gone down dead last, they, by the way, dead, dead last. They're 14.7 points per game. So, you know, I'm sure the Monday night game isn't going to change that. So they're going to be last, uh, you know, in, in the league and scoring that's you're an offensive head coach. That's what happens to you. That being said, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I think this is a situation where, he was in a really, really, really difficult spot. And I think all things considered, he did a really good job for four years handling it. Like Frank, like firing Frank Reich again this year is not going to do anything to turn their hopes around, right? And again, like you mentioned, there I would put the offensive line first and foremost as the reason why this season has been, you know, in the toilet, basically. But you mentioned it too. There's Frank Reich, he's been uh, his entire career coaching and playing, he's been the comeback king, right? He's always been a guy who's been resilient, bounce back. And that's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's great that you can second half of the year get a team to believe and constantly overcome adversity. But also it's a curse because that usually means you're getting up to slow starts. You're usually putting yourself in a position where a lot of things have to break right. 2018, they broke right. 2021, they didn't. And like you mentioned, even in the playoffs in 2018, I thought they would have competed really well against the Chiefs team had you not have to basically be in the playoff hunt since like week six. And like I said, go in that nine game um, winch or nine wins out of 10 games just to make the playoffs. It wears you out. And we saw even in 2021, 
Part of the reason why the Colts collapsed, they were just worn out because you get off to another slow start. And that's been definitely one of the hallmarks of Frank Reich's coaching career here in Indy is the fact that they can never really truly get off to a good start. The only time they did, ironically, was in 2019 with Jacoby Brissett where they were 5-2. and two, And then the opposite happened. They just collapsed down the stretch of park because Brissett gets hurt. And they just, again, nothing that year fine. But it's just ironic that now the one year they do get off to a hot start is you know, the, the, the season where the, your quarterback retires two weeks before the season starts. But that's been right. Like, that's been one of the reasons I would say the biggest reason why Frank Reich is no longer here as the coach of the Colts is that the notoriously slow starts have hurt them more than they helped them. And it's just at this point, you, 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 you can't do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. I'm fascinated to see where the Colts do go head coaching wise uh, moving forward. I'm interested to see, you know, kind of the answers we get here, George, from the press conference that will happen here in a few hours. Again, we will be back uh, later in the week kind of reacting to what Jim Irsay, what Jeff Saturday kind of explaining and what their goal is to bring here for the Colts the next eight games of the season. But we've been talking about it a lot. I guess we'll finish here, George. The one thing the Colts have not been throughout really the last, let's say, two, really since Peyton Manning got here, so just about 25 years ago, the one thing they have not been is dysfunctional. To their credit, even some of the years they've had, you know, 2011, 2017, 2019, when they've had face adversity, they have done so for the most part in a classy way and it hasn't been a dumpster fire. This season, whether it's the the quarterback move that felt kind of out of nowhere and felt rushed, whether it was firing Marcus Brady for seemingly no reason and there's no real good answer given, now it's firing Frank Reich, keeping Chris Strausser employed, now it's hiring Jeff Saturday to be the interim head coach for the next eight games, with so much time left and so many of these moves not making sense and not correlating and you can't really see what the vision is, this is a dangerous game the Colts are playing because, again, th- this is the most dysfunctional they have been in like 25 years. And usually it takes a very long time to kind of get out of that series of dysfunction. And this is, I think it's going to be a whole lot worse, George, these next two months before it gets any anywhere better. Yeah, I mean, the franchises go down this road. Uh, it usually is is not good for them, obviously, and it's not good for them for for a good period of time. Uh, I think the thing that that sticks out to me is, you know, really for most of the last five years with Chris Ballard here, we've heard "Don't flinch, don't panic." You know that that's sort of been the uh, the the buzzwords, the phrases that that they've used all the time. And I think this year um, they flinched and they've panicked at every turn. I mean, seven games in, you you bench a former NFL MVP. You know, and nine games in, you're firing a head coach who just got an extension a year and a half ago, you know, that during training camp. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's been a year unlike any other in, in recent memory around here. Uh, certainly a year un, unlike any other since they drafted Peyton Manning. Lots of dysfunction, lots of, you know, head scratching kind of decisions. And like you said, I, I think the next two months, uh, things are more likely to get worse before they get better. So we'll see how this how this plays out. I don't think it's hyperbolic to say, George, these next eight games are the arguably the most important eight games for the Colts in, in a very long time. Uh, maybe since at least a decade, since really 2011, when they just lost every game, got Andrew Luck. Because you, you, as you know, the two fastest ways or the two areas you can turn a team around quickly, fast enough, head coach, quarterback. You lose as many games as you can. You get inside the top eight, top seven, maybe top five of the NFL draft, you're sitting pretty to maybe, you know, get your guy for the next 10 years at quarterback. But also, too, that's an attractive – or the Colts become more of an attractive job now for whatever head coach they have their eyes on. I don't – we'll get into more of this, obviously, in the midweek pod. But I would say right now, Sean Payton should have no interest and does have no interest in the Colts. But look at a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who's now done a good job at Michigan. You know, he does have some NFL, you know um, – 
you know, we saw him interview with the Vikings last year. So he does have some interest in returning to the NFL. Again, maybe if you were sitting there with a number five pick, that's more attractive for Jim Harbaugh than if the Colts picking, I don't know, 10th or 11th. And you're kind of, you know, SOL in terms of getting your, your franchise guy. It's this next two months are going to be very, very, very important for really the next five years of this Colts team for sure. And again, I think the best direction for this Colts team right now is to lose as many games and help you get your, in theory, get your quarterback, which you got hit on, and get your head coach as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. These next eight games will determine who your next head coach and who your next quarterback is. Uh, I think those are, you know, the, that makes them in, incredibly important games, um, both in terms of where they're going to pick in the draft, but also, you know, hey, maybe Jeff Saturday goes eight. No, right. I mean, we want to go for the, the fantasy here. Um, no, please. You know, no, that's the worst then, case. Then scenario. You have a whole then you'd have a whole different conversation. So, uh, you know, I don't think anybody expects that outside of Jeff Saturday. I'm sure is coming in here with the idea that he's going to turn it around. Um, but I, I think a couple more names I would throw on there. D'Amico Ryan's the San Francisco 49ers defense coordinator. I think he's going to be a hot name. Uh, he might be a guy like I was talking about earlier who looks at this defense and says, hey, we'll figure things out on the offensive side. I can win with these guys. Uh, and I again, watching that Pittsburgh situation, I think a Mike Tomlin situation would be very similar to what happened with Tony Dungy when, when he came here. Obviously, Tomlin's been in Pittsburgh longer uh, and has gone to a couple of Super Bowls. Uh, but I think it's a situation where, you know, you'd have to at least look at that and think, hey, maybe history can repeat itself again. That all comes down to interest from those guys. Uh, and that all comes down to who's your starting quarterback going to be, you know, because if you're trying to sell head coach on Ryan Tannehill, for instance, being your cool. starting quarterback here, uh, it's going to be a lot different situation than if you've got a high enough draft pick where you're bringing in, you know, somebody you feel really good about. This is going to be a fascinating two months of the season, George. Also going to be a fascinating press conference later tonight. So again, we are recording this minutes after Frank Reich is fired and Jeff Saturday is named the interim head coach for the, the duration of the season. Colts at 3-5-1 and one, do make the move to fire Frank Reich after four and a half years. So we, tonight, again, 6 o'clock Eastern will be the press conference. Jim Mercer will speak. Jeff Saturday will speak. We'll try to get some answers on the direction that so far, at least through the actions, George, and on the field, we have no idea what the direction of this team truly is, where they're trying to compete. If they're trying to tank, we have no idea. Maybe we'll get answers uh, later on tonight, but we will be back. We'll be recording on Tuesday, so kind of reacting to the press conference, kind of diving more into Jeff Saturday, what he brings to the Colts, how attractive and how, you know, how attractive of a destination the Colts are to potential head coaches. We have so much to unpack here. So again, in as we try to spin our heads around Frank Reich getting fired and Jeff Saturday, more importantly, becoming the head coach, have it soak in. We'll see what they say later tonight, and we will be back on the Blue Horseshoe Pod uh, tomorrow to kind of react to it all. So make sure, again, with so much news going on here, you don't want to miss an episode. We have so much to break down, George, for what is going to be a very interesting next two months. So make sure the best way to stay in tune is two ways. Number one, make sure you're subscribing and downloading to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Anytime we release an emergency episode, which... It looks like we'll be having a lot more of those emergency calls here as we go on the next two months, George. Boom, you get alert as soon as it's live. And also, too, follow us on Twitter at GM Bremers, where you can get George at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number threes, where you can get myself. Kind of always reacting to what is going on in Colts world, which there's been no shortage, George, of news whatsoever. They are keeping you busy, man. There's no doubt about that. Uh, definitely on my toes and, and definitely not a boring year as far as news goes. So uh, we'll see what happens next. We will talk to you in a... Really, at this point, a few hours on the midweek pod right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.